Few people have heard of Bletchley Park these days. The government did a pretty good job of covering everything up after the war. The machines were dismantled, the blueprints destroyed, and an entire generation of spotty, bespectacled crossword enthusiasts were sent home to live with their mothers. Nowadays, so I hear, the place is virtually derelict. Not that I knew anything of the code-breaking activities there during the Second World War. It was only later that I heard all the gory details. Very hush-hush, but terminally dull. For my part, I spent the war years abroad, like any decent Englishman, doing work that was a damn sight more useful than anything the boffins at Station X ever managed. No, my only memory of Bletchley Park was of a rather peculiar weekend there in October 1929. It was a private residence back then, the country pile of Sir Herbert Leon and his second wife, Fanny. The place was renowned at that time for its lavish parties. David Lloyd George, that great Welsh windbag, was a regular visitor. And even though the well-connected Sir Herbert had popped his clogs in 1926, dear old Fanny had kept up the tradition. She was a stern, Edwardian matriarch of the best kind, and it was no surprise that Bletchley Park was thought an appropriate venue for a departmental knees-up. The security service was looking to celebrate its 20th anniversary, and as Sir Vincent Kelly, the director of MI5, was a close personal friend of Fanny, it was hardly surprising that Bletchley Park should have been penciled in. The colonel, as we all knew him, had been the head of MI5 since the early days, running the organisation from one small office in Victoria Street from October 1909. I had been recruited a couple of years later. Being part of the security service in those days was not the glamorous job you might suppose. I spent most of my time at MI5 trawling through 1911 census information, looking for German nationals and deciding whether or not they posed a threat to national security. It was deadly dull work, but it was useful all the same. The day war broke out, we arrested damn near every Kraut spy in England, and one or two other people whose names I had surreptitiously added to the list. That was pretty much my only experience as a spy in the pre-war era, apart from one aborted field trip in 1912, which I don't have time to relate here. Despite the brevity of my career, the colonel was kind enough to invite me along to his 20th anniversary bash, to be held at Bletchley Park over the weekend of the 26th and 27th of October. A select few former and current employees would be gathering to celebrate, as Sir Vincent put it, two decades of being only slightly less incompetent than MI6. I was happy to accept the invitation. If I could have foreseen something of the disaster that would ensue, perhaps I would have been less happy to do so. No records were kept of the events of that weekend. Even Ramsay MacDonald, the Prime Minister of the day, was not informed. The witnesses were sworn to secrecy, and only a handful of people ever knew the whole story. I am the only one left now. Sir Vincent Kelly died in 1942, after thirty years of loyal service and precious little thanks. No, if I don't put pen to paper, no one will and they can't exactly hang me for it now. My doctor tells me I'll soon be dead in any case. He's a cheerful bastard, that one. I must confess, the idea of taking the secret to my grave does have a certain perverse appeal, especially as the undertakers are already waiting in the wings. But causing one last bit of mischief before I die, 
holds an even greater attraction. I only pray I have the time left to do it justice. This, then, is the true story of Bletchley Park in 1929. I saw it all with my own eyes and was at least partly responsible for some of it. My name, by the way, is Hilary Manningham Butler. I was born on the 24th of April, 1889, a girl, much to my father's horror, though I've lived most of my life as a man. History will probably judge me a villain, but at the very least I'm an honest one. I died, according to an obituary in the Daily Mail, on Sunday the 27th of October, 1929, two days before the Great Wall Street crash. But you should never believe anything you read in the newspapers. Sir Hilary Manningham Butler, 28th of July, 1967.